Thank you for tuning in to the Far Better Podcast, a work of Scattered Abroad, which is overseen by the East Hill Church of Christ in Pulaski, Tennessee. You can find our website at scatteredabroad.org. In this podcast, we seek to please God now, so our eternity is far better. Here is your host, Michael Clark. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Far Better Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Clark. And this is a podcast where we seek to please God now so that our eternity can be far better. And that's the whole purpose of what Paul was trying to get at in Philippians 1, 23, when that's exactly what he says, to be with the Lord is far better. And this season we've been talking about suffering, and we're ready to begin our lesson for today, if you will, or our discussion for today. And we're going to talk about Crohn's and depression. Crohn's and depression. I uh, don't talk about this part of it much. I, I have kind of kept a lot of this to myself, but I I don't feel as nervous to talk about it knowing that you're not going to be able to see my face when I say these things. And so that's part of the reason why I'm willing to even discuss these things. But I can honestly tell you that there was a serious time in my life with this illness where I was depressed. Um, of course, there were a lot of other factors that, that played into that, not just Crohn's, but Crohn's was a big part of it. When you're young and you, you feel like Superman, you can jump off of a balcony and, and do a backflip in midair and land on your back and it doesn't hurt, you know, that kind of young immortality you know, mindset that we used to have, things don't really bother you as much. But when you get older, and you start to realize that your body is not what it once was, it's frustrating. And depression is a big part of that. Now, for me, I had to experience that at a much younger age than I anticipated. I thought, I thought that I was going to get old and be in my 70s, my 80s, before I started to wake up in the morning and, and realizing I can't do what I used to do anymore. And so when that happened at 21, I was bitter about it. And the thing about a disease that is not curable is that you live with it every day, of course. And there are things that I missed out on or things that I couldn't accomplish or do because of my illness. And you don't want to have a pity party, but it's kind of hard sometimes not to. You sit down at night and you think about what you used to do and how your life used to be. And all you know at that point is the breaks between pain. And even the breaks for me between the pain and the, you know, problems that Crohn's would put on to my stomach and the you know, agonizing pain that would happen, even those breaks were still filled with the knowledge that it's there. It's kind of like if you take your finger and you lightly press it onto your stomach and you imagine, or your fist even, take your fist, lightly press it onto your stomach and you can feel the pressure. It doesn't necessarily hurt, but you feel the pressure. That's how Crohn's disease has felt, that it's there, but it hasn't 
you know, activated in that moment, or it's not causing me a ton of issues at that particular time. And so I got so down in the dumps because this is an illness that has no cure at the time of this recording, at least maybe one day that will be something that will be a thing of the past and this thing can be cured. But I'm not so sure that it will or won't be at this point. You know, they're doing great in the medical field from where they were when I was born, but it's, it's still a long shot before we can cure this thing as far as I've understood from my doctors and what the nurses have told me. But you find out that you're sick and you're 21 years old, you're in preaching school, you've been married for less than six months. Um, and you're ill. And you don't know how this is going to work because I mentioned this before, but I'm going to say it again. When the doctors say this can lead to colon cancer, if not treated, this could lead to surgery to remove parts of your intestine. And once that process starts, it's a never-ending process until eventually there's nothing left and you have to have a bag for the rest of your life. When those things are said... Those are typically the only things that you hear, right? Whether that's what you intend or not, that that's all you hear. Is I'm going to possibly get colon cancer or my intestine will have to be removed to the point where I don't even have one anymore and I have to have a bag for the rest of my life and that's not going to be demoralizing at all, is it? And so it's a frustrating thing to deal with. Every time I had an attack, every time I would be in pain to sit there and think, is this the time where I'm going to have to go to the ER and they're going to have to do surgery and I'm going to have to start that process? Is this the time when I would go in for a procedure where they're going to tell me as I'm waking up in recovery, we have bad news, you have cancer? And to live with that knowledge that that could happen is not easy. It's still not easy today, though my medication is working and I'm, I'm making improvements and making strides. It, it's still not easy that at any moment my body could reject what's happening and I could go right back to where I was. I have no control over it. And I used to tell my wife, and it's still kind of this way, but not near as bad lately, But I used to tell my wife that the most depressed that I would get is when I had to go in for treatment. You know, I, I can handle the, the stomach pain and all that kind of stuff because that was a, a regular occurrence. It, it just kind of became my new normal. It wasn't enjoyable or ideal, but I could handle that. But when you're having to go into a doctor's office to get medication to have tests run, to meet with your doctors, and to con consult with them about what the next step is, it's just a big fat reminder that you're sick. It's just a huge reminder that your life isn't going the way that you want it to, that your body is not responding the way that it should be responding. And so the whole 40-minute drive that I had to make and have to make, anytime I go to the doctor, I'm seething. And just feeling so down in the dumps and so defeated and so frustrated. And the one particular time before I got on Rizkizumad, I went to the doctor 
They told me that the medication wasn't working and I had to go on another study again. I went to the Memphis School of Preaching and one of the secretaries was wanting to joke around with me because usually that's what I do. If I show up, we joke around a little bit and we, we say hello, we have a good time, but I was obviously not having it. And I had to apologize to her later and say, I'm sorry, I normally would joke around with you. I'm just, I'm depressed. I was just told my medication's not working again. I was just told that my medication has failed for the second time. And now I have to go to another research study. And I went and I sat in my dad's office and I just told him, I said, Dad, I just, I don't know how this ends positive for me right now. I'm just having a really hard time seeing something that will be positive. And my dad gave me some advice that I really needed to hear. He allowed me to feel frustrated because even the best of advice isn't going to take away that feeling in the moment. But he gave me some great advice where he basically said something along the lines of, son, you'll get through this. We'll figure it out. God's up to something. You know, that's the, that's the point, isn't it? When I drive to the doctor's appointments, I don't need to listen to sad music and have a pity party. I need to be thankful that I even have an opportunity to go for treatment. That I'm in a point right now where treatment is being successful. And even if the medication is failing and not working, that treatment is still an option and that surgery is not on the table right now. That my body has not rejected itself to the point where I have cancer right now. I have been blessed. So why was I so depressed? I look back on that time and the way that I felt, and I, I know exactly how I felt. I still remember those feelings. And I look back now, and I think about the mentality that I was sh- instructed to have by the Bible and instructed to have by my parents as I was growing up and by the preachers and teachers that I had in my life that ministered to me by my own knowledge of what the scriptures say as a minister, and I look back and think, boy, was I foolish. What was wrong with me? I was human. I still am. But you can react better. You can learn and you can change your attitude. I don't know what is causing you to feel down today. I'm not sure. I know there's a multitude of things that could be frustrating you. But I want you to think about a passage from Psalm 34 and verse 19. Psalm 34 and verse 19. This is a psalm of David when he pretended madness before Abimelech who drove him away and he departed. And he says in verse 18, really, we'll start in verse 18. He says, The Lord is near to those who have a broken heart. And save such as have a contrite spirit, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivers him out of them all. 
And you might be thinking, he didn't deliver my loved one. He didn't deliver me. I've got cancer. I've got a problem. I've got all these issues. Change your thinking from the physical to the spiritual. It's what I had to do. I had to stop being so frustrated that my physical body was failing itself, that my physical body wasn't doing what I wanted it to do. And I had to start training my mind to remember I have a soul that is eternal. And the only thing that could be wrong with that soul is the way that I'm living my life and the position that I'm putting that soul in in eternity. That's it. My soul will never be my problem unless I allow it to become one. The soul that exists in your body and in my body will live well beyond the physical body that it is inside. That's why suffering should not cause you to feel down and depressed. God is greater. I've said it all season, but I I, I need you to get that. I need you to understand that because I didn't. And I'm so glad that I was able to get through this And start to realize that my disease does not define me. That my disease does not define how loving God is. My disease won't last. It'll be here for a while, possibly the rest of my life. But you notice that statement there? This disease will only ail me so long as there is no cure. Or I'm alive. If I live for God, I live with an eternal purpose in my heart and in my soul and in my life to say, I'm going to please God now so my eternity can be far better than this disease dies with me. If that doesn't warm your heart for your own problems, I don't really know what will. You are not your frustrations and your diseases, and your difficulties. You are a chosen generation. You are an individual made in the image of God with an eternal soul that has the ability to overcome what you're facing at this very moment. But you have to react. You have to change your mind. We talk about the word repentance. Repentance is a change of mind brought about by a change of action. It's I'm going to go this way because going the way that I'm currently going isn't working. I'm going to completely turn around and go a whole different direction. And you can do that. I want to thank you for tuning in for another episode of Far Better. Tune in next week as we talk about my biggest fear. Thank you for listening to this podcast from the Scattered Abroad Network. If you would like to email us, you can do so at thescatteredabroadnetwork at gmail.com. That's thescatteredabroadnetwork at gmail.com. Remember, you can check the show notes below for all of our social media platform links. Also, don't forget that you can find us on all major podcast platforms, and please leave us a rating or review. We hope and pray that this has helped you grow closer to Christ even though we are scattered abroad. May God bless you.